0: know your audience and where they hang out, where you want to build a community with them, but also then test a few different things and see what works. And then you also have the option of doing some of those more long-term strategies. You can also do similar things with all of our back episodes on our podcast. They're equally important to continue to promote because you never know what is going to resonate with somebody
1: Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab Laura, it's
0: great to have you joining me today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Today, we're going to talk about podcasting and specifically podcast growth strategies, which for anyone that's actually done the mammoth task of getting a podcast (laughs) off the ground, you know, they take a breath and then realize, oh no, it keeps going. We need to do something with this thing. So I'm quite excited to dive in and explore this topic with you. But before we dive into today's topic, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and who you work with and how
0: you wound up here? Sure. So I think like many people that fall into the entrepreneurial space and definitely into podcasting, it's something that finds you, I think. And I've always been kind of a podcast fan. I love listening to podcasts. It's something that I used to do, you know, back in the day when we would commute to work, that kind of thing. (laughs) Can we Um, remember that? (laughs) Right? So that's when I used to listen to my podcasts and started out like very entertainment podcasts, true crime, that whole thing. Somewhere along the way, kind of fell into more like marketing, business podcasts. And podcasts really taught me that working from home and starting your own business was something that I could possibly do. And started thinking about maybe options for that when I was pregnant with my son. I have a toddler now and yeah, him coming into the world really just kind of blew up all of my priorities and the way that I thought that my life was going and really starting from the very beginning, I had kind of a difficult, you know, transition to motherhood. And my first podcast that I actually created myself was very much connected to that. It was a total passion project. I wanted to share my story and other women's stories for, you know, women who were also maybe experiencing a difficult transition during that time. And through doing that podcast, I really then got connected to kind of like the wider podcasting network out there online and found out just how supportive a community it was and how everybody was really willing to help each other. And that there was this whole kind of, I don't know, like other world of Mm. women who had podcasts or wanted to start them and... I really loved like all the back end work of doing my podcast and realized that it was something that other women needed help with or didn't, you know, have time to do in their own businesses. So I offered to, you know, start helping people here and there. And it grew into a podcast management business. And now I focus on I still do have one-on-one clients that I manage podcasts for on a month-to-month basis, but I also really focus on the marketing because It was just a question that I kept getting, you know, now I have this podcast. How do I get more listeners? Mm. How do I get more downloads? How do I bring more people into my world or my business through my show?
1: totally totally and i agree with you i think the podcast world has got a great ecosystem of people i certainly missed in the last year heading over to the us and going to the podcast conferences that we normally attend because whilst it's fantastic that we do have online it's still a shame and i still miss all my friends that i come over and see so i'm looking forward to the world going back to some sort of normal and we can travel again and catch up with everyone. Yes, But let's jump into podcast growth strategies because like you just said, this is a huge question. It's something that I also get all the time. Now I've got this thing, what do I do with it? I know that there's a foundation that we need to cover first. So let's cover that off really quickly before we jump in, just in sure. case anyone realizes that they've got You know, a bit of an issue with their podcast that
0: may need to be fixed before they think about getting it out there. Yeah. So, I mean, when you are just starting out your podcast, I think some of the things that we can get really caught up on are like, what am I going to name my show? What is the format going to be like? Am I going to do interviews or am I going to do solo episodes? How often am I going to release it? And there's a lot of questions that seem kind of logistical. And so I think people think there's like, one right answer. you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's a lot of those should questions. How often should I release it? Should it be interview? Should it be solo? What should I call it? How long should the title be? All of these questions. And I always like to say that there's a lot of should questions with podcasting, but not Mm -hmm. always a lot of should answers because Mm -hmm. ultimately it's your show and there aren't rules. And for some people, that's really fun and appealing. And for other people, that's kind of like, Yeah, but I also just kind of want to know the answer. Yeah, it can be (laughs) overwhelming, right? Because there's so many different things. Yeah. Yes. And so I think for the people that that are just going to take it and run with it, like they don't tend to ask all the should questions. For the others that are a little, you know, they want to make sure they're quote unquote, getting it right from the beginning. I think the best thing that you can do is first of all, make it really representative of you. You know, if we're talking to people who are trying to incorporate podcasting into their business, make sure it represents you in terms of your brand and your values and what you're trying to communicate to your target audience. Make sure that it's in line with who your target audience is and what kind of questions they're asking, and we can get into that in a little more detail with the marketing piece. But I think something that's really important to keep in mind, even at the very, very beginning is just searchability, like title your podcast something that makes sense with what people might be searching for Mm -hmm. when you hope that they find your show. Mm -hmm. Do the same thing with some of those early episodes, you know, get that momentum going right from the beginning that people may just open up Google or open up their podcast app searching for something and they find you. And that's the beginning of organic marketing when it comes to your podcast.
1: Totally. Having something that's searchable is really important. A question that I get a lot is, I don't know what people are searching. Do you have any tips for people around that?
0: Yeah. So it depends, I guess, a little bit on, you know, where people are going to be searching. So far, there are still not great analytics when it comes to like, You know, people will ask, like, is there an algorithm when it comes to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or things like that? Mm -hmm. And as far as we know, we don't really have a lot of great information on algorithms in the apps themselves. But we do know a lot about algorithms when it comes to other search engines like Google. If people are searching on something like Pinterest, we know the importance of keywords and there are relatively easy ways that you can go on Google or Pinterest and search in your target area. Like if you have a podcast that's for entrepreneurs or people starting a small business, you can very easily go into Google, type, something like how to start a business from home or how to start a side hustle when you're working full-time and see in Google or in Pinterest what comes up when you start typing that in. There'll be kind of like an autofill feature on both of those so you can start to get an idea of what people are searching for. And also when you actually then click search on those search engines, you'll get results But you'll also get, especially in Google, you'll get like other questions that people are asking that are similar. So those search engines really help you out just in the very beginning, just thinking about if you can kind of come up with some sort of phrase you think that the people you're trying to reach might be searching for, Mm -hmm. you will get more suggestions. And then there's also, you know, there's paid tools that you can do as far as like really honing in on search engine optimization. But to start off with just to get an idea of what people are searching for, I think Google or Pinterest are great places to start.
1: Mm, Awesome. Pinterest is something that until recently I've not even thought about with a podcast because you've got a visual Mm -hmm. platform and then you've got you know, an auditory platform. What tips can you give us around using Pinterest or starting off in Pinterest?
0: Yes. So I think in general, podcasters kind of feel like if it's not an audio platform, it doesn't necessarily apply to my show. Mm -hmm. And again, there are no, no rules to podcasting. And if you don't want to put out any written content, you don't have to. But I always want to make people aware that there are these other ways that your podcast can be searchable if you are going to produce some written content to go along with your show. So usually what that looks like is you have this podcast episode and then you want to create some kind of blog style show note to go along with each episode. And it doesn't always have to be something very in-depth. It can be a summary. Maybe you have a transcription platform that you're using that you can either pull snippets from to put into this blog post, or you can link to the full transcript. You know, you want it to be something that is a little bit longer than kind of the paragraph summary that we see in a lot of show notes so that Google will pick that up as content that people might want to search through, or you can then link to it on Pinterest. And so for Pinterest, you know, their big thing is they want to be providing a quality experience for the users of mm-hmm. Pinterest, mm-hmm. so they don't want to be clicking over to something that just has like a a play bar for your podcast. Pinterest users are used to clicking and seeing something that they can read and really look through for information. So my top suggestion would be to have yeah some kind of show note that is including some of those keywords, makes it really clear from the pin what they're going to find when they click through to your link make that valuable. I think more and more people are probably going to start getting used to a real mix of, you know, just blog content combined with here's some blog show note plus a player in case Mm -hmm. you want to listen to it instead. But you're definitely still on Pinterest dealing with an audience that is mostly expecting to see something written when they click. And then I guess the other thing I would suggest with Pinterest too, is you want to make sure that you're linking to your actual website, Pinterest has a whole process where you have to actually go through and claim your domain name. Mm -hmm. And then they'll be more likely to push that content in the search engine rather than if you're just linking back to, you know, the site that you kind of get for free, depending on where you host your podcast. Mm, Good tip. Love it. Love it. All right. Let's talk about
1: other organic marketing because there are so many social media platforms out there. I don't know. I'll leave it to you. Where do we start with organic marketing?
0: Yeah. So, I think that's a question all on its own right that people Mm -hmm. ask a lot and I kind of put it back on them because I want to know where their audience is on Mm -hmm. social media. And so there can be a little back and forth with this because then people will say well they're everywhere. And we're all on multiple social media platforms, probably, Uh uh right, you know, and somewhere along the way, we've been told that we probably should have a presence on Facebook and Instagram and maybe Twitter and Clubhouse has come on the scene. Mm -hmm. And so there's just these platforms that continue to appear and it can start to feel really overwhelming. So I think being really clear on where your audience is, especially in a place where they are open to receiving information or a place where they are searching for information. Mm -hmm. And that's going to look a little bit different depending on like the demographics of your audience and how they prefer to kind of build a community. There are lots of people that love Facebook groups. There are lots of people that love Instagram. There are a lot of people now that are really enjoying Clubhouse and there's a whole, you know, I don't know when this will air, but hopefully Clubhouse will be open to... Android and Mm. iPhone users alike at that point. And that will really open up the accessibility of that app as well. Mm -hmm. So I think the most important thing is really to think about your audience, where are they searching for the information that you're providing? And where are you able to provide kind of an easy jump for them from that platform into either subscribing to or following your podcast directly mm-hmm. or maybe you're providing some information that's getting them on an email list or something like that. The big thing with organic marketing I think is really being strategic about those calls to action with your audience mm-hmm. because then they always know what to do next. I think sometimes we can kind of get in our own heads as entrepreneurs and assume that everybody knows what we do and what we offer and why they should buy it from us or why they need it mm-hmm. and in reality, there's so much noise in this space that totally. um, we really need to be clear about that. When
1: it comes so let's to our talk about those call to actions. Do we want to be asking people to take the next step to Apple podcasts? Do we want them to be going to Spotify? Do we want them to be going to our website? Where do we want to be pointing them to next?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in general, I would say that If you are answering a question, like maybe someone posted a question in a Facebook group that you can answer because you have a podcast episode that is about that topic, Mm -hmm. you probably want to link to your website. And I'll Mm -hmm. say that for two reasons. One, because it gets them on your website. Mm -hmm. And so they can potentially see how they can work with you or learn more about you from your website. The other reason for that is, well, I guess there's three then, because the other, there's another reason for sending people to your website would just be, again, search engine optimization. The more traffic you're getting to your website, the more Google and other search engines are recognizing that you're producing quality content that people Mm -hmm. are interested in. And then the third thing is, sometimes you'll get it wrong if you post Apple and people are on their phone that doesn't have Apple Podcasts, Mm. they may not want to click over to Apple. If you post a Spotify link and people don't want to use Spotify for some reason, it just seems more complicated to try and play a guessing game with them. And also then you're missing out on the other two benefits there. If you're not sending people to your website and people can kind of Choose, I think, if they want to listen to an episode on your website, if they decide they prefer to subscribe or download it on a player. But I think a lot of people tend to be on the go on their phones mm. or maybe a tablet when they're scrolling through their social media, asking questions. And so, and if they are on their computer, then that's probably not where they usually listen to podcasts anyway. So I just think it covers more bases to try mm. and link to your website. But you know, your audience best. So there's always, there's always things that, you know, might be specific to you and your
1: show and who your listeners are. Totally. I love that. So organic marketing, we're putting things out to Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest or whatever it is. How often should we promoting the same episode? So say we've got episode Mm -hmm. 220. Do we promote it once on one platform? So everything looks the same. Do we mix it up? You know, what sort of posts do we do? I'd love you to touch on this or really, actually, it's not even touching because this is a deep dive, this one. (laughs)
0: Yes. And it's a big should question, right? Uh So you know there's gonna be (laughs) some there's gonna be some different answers here. But as far as what I think you should do, I think you should test different strategies and see what your audience responds to. Some people lean really heavily on their email marketing. So maybe they want to send out an email blast to their list and say, Hey, I'm really excited. This new episode just released, go check it out. And then maybe they kind of build their community in between episodes on Instagram, for example. So they'll post it in their Instagram stories and maybe they'll do some fun little polls or like, Hey, have you listened to the episode yet? Or ask questions about it, really get their audience kind of excited and engaged in it. On the other hand, there may be people that really nurture their Facebook group. And so they'll post about it in the Facebook group. Maybe they'll go live in their Facebook group and talk a little bit about it. I can tell you something that I have done with my own podcast. I've started out since Clubhouse came on the scene, Mm -hmm. sort of doing my episodes for Profit from Podcasting release every Thursday. And then every Monday... I try. (laughs) I try every Monday to do a room that's, you know, related to the theme of the podcast overall. And if I can, I'll get, you know, the guest from that week to come and talk to me or somebody who is of similar expertise to come talk. If the guest isn't on Clubhouse yet or something like that, it's still a newer platform. So we work out some of the kinks with that. But I think that that works really well for my audience because Mm -hmm. my audience is podcasters. Podcasters are really loving Clubhouse because it's an audio platform. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of testing that out. And I'm seeing with my analytics, my downloads, that they go up again on Monday after I host those rooms after the initial release on Thursday. So I Mm -hmm. think the should there is kind of a carryover from the previous question, like know your audience and where they hang out, where you want to build a community with them. But also then test a few different things and see what works. You know, for me, I have an email list and I have a Facebook group and those things, you know, work to some extent, but they I don't see them working as well as the clubhouse room or really jumping in there on stories and interacting with people on Instagram. So Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of just seeing what works. And then you also have the option of doing some of those more long term strategies like making sure that you have, you know, search engine optimized blog posts, show notes on your website and Pinterest is linking or, you know, driving traffic back to those notes because those will be kind of working for you behind the scenes when you're not as actively promoting your current episode. And then there's a whole, I mean, you can also do similar things with all of our back episodes on our podcast, right? Those live forever too. And, mm-hmm. if, and they're equally important to continue to promote because you never know what is going to resonate with somebody at any given time. So if you see people asking questions in Facebook groups or Clubhouse or wherever you are that an older podcast episode can answer, you want to make sure to throw that in as well.
1: Totally. I think a lot of people forget that podcast episodes are evergreen and they get caught up always promoting the current episode. And I know for me, across the board, I get downloads every single day and some of them Mm -hmm. go up hugely, you know, that are from 200 and something episodes ago and even thou spike. So I guess one of the reasons I asked the question is I think it's really important to go back and promote old episodes or go in and have a look at your downloads. In your podcast host and promote those episodes that are doing well because obviously they're topics that people are interested in and go back and re-promote them instead of just getting caught in promoting the current episode.
0: Yeah, I think that's super important as well and looking at your analytics is great for just that reason you can see like well this episode is kind of spiking you know you might look at it and think it's randomly spiking but actually it must be something that people are searching for or your guest is somebody that people are searching for if you have guests so I think it's always a good idea to see what's working and maybe like then think about that episode is there a way that I can kind of pull a subtopic out of that episode Hmm. that people might be interested in? Is there just, yeah, a different perspective I can bring, something else that's similar that people will be interested in? And then on the flip side of that, I actually got this advice from another podcaster a few weeks ago. Also look at the episodes that aren't doing as well And see either if there's like a pattern to that, like, I don't know, maybe they're just your solo shows overall don't get as many downloads as your interviews or vice versa. Or are there certain topics that aren't doing as well? Just to kind of for your own information that way as well to know that maybe these are just things that my audience isn't as interested in. Mm -hmm. Or are they just things that, you know, maybe they came out the week before winter holidays or over the summer when you know people were taking vacations with their families and so she actually suggested to me like you know just bump those up and promote them Mm. a little bit too and see if it was just oh people just missed them and they're actually still really interested in those kinds of episodes or if it is something about the topic so I think it's always just try and promote and see see what your audience reacts to. Totally.
1: So that's organic. Let's talk about paid marketing because Mm -hmm. I think that at some point paid does need to come in if we want to really grow our show. I know that this is, you know, how long is a piece of string kind of question, but where do you suggest people start with paid marketing for their podcast? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So it is an interesting question and I feel like it's a little more of like a a slippery process than, you know, running an ad or something to, you know, running an ad to a digital product because podcasting is kind of just its own beast in some ways. Like as much as we want to be consistent with it, there are going to be weeks that we're not releasing new episodes. If you're running an ad to a certain episode, that might just be an episode that isn't resonating with people for whatever reason. And as much as, you know, I encourage the organic side first, I know that there are people that are like, okay, I've done that. Like I am solid. I have my strategy. I'm organically marketing, but I still, I want to know what's next. Mm-hmm. And so I think, again, this is a should that I will, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, mm-hmm. I'll warn people here that like, you know, do, do what you want to do with your show. I think that you probably want to podcast for, a few months, three to six months, at least, depending on how often you're releasing episodes. Because sometimes we decide we want to change things about our shows, mm-hmm, too, mm-hmm, after mm-hmm. we've done them for a while. Whether it's the format, the day of release, how often we're releasing. Podcasting sometimes can like seem totally different than the experience ends up totally. being a reality. Totally. So I think that you definitely don't want to jump right into paying for Really much of anything that has to do with your podcast, which, mm-hmm. you know, there's always all those questions about equipment and all of that kind uh-huh. of stuff. But yeah, try not to pay for too much too soon with podcasting because things are going to shift immensely in the early days of your podcasting journey. And then if you do decide that paid is the way you want to go, I think the other advice still applies. Just start small, start with testing, see what's working for you, because you never want to put too much money into something that doesn't end up working.
1: Mm, I couldn't agree more. I really don't recommend that anyone starts off with paid, just because there is that, you know, that test and measure, and it takes a little while to find your spot. But I find the something else that I wanted to add in here with paid is, be really aware of what your episode content is, like your actual episode structure. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're running to pay, make sure that you do have some sort of call to action that's quite early in the episode or somewhere where people can take the next step because we need to look at it as a podcast, as a holistic piece of our business and not just, well, we want someone to listen to it. Well, why do we want someone to listen to it? And you mentioned it earlier, what's that next step?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's a great point, too, to maybe be strategic about putting more information about you or what you do and call the action earlier in the episode, because this is colder traffic than what you're used to bringing in. You're used to having your community that hangs out with you in between episodes. They know a little bit about who you are. They're familiar with the show and the structure. Yeah. So bringing a cold audience in, I mean, It's hopefully going to be beneficial to your show and get more people who want to follow it. But at the same time, they're going to be less inclined to stick around until the end compared to people who are regular listeners. So I think that's a great tip.
1: Yeah, totally. So another really useful way that we've grown this podcast, and I know that this is something that you also talk about, is guesting on other people's podcasts. And I think that I personally think this is the biggest opportunity available to podcasters. I'd love you to talk to that and give us some tips around that.
0: Yes, that's an excellent point and I totally agree with you. All of the, you know, tips that we were talking about with different social media platforms, those are all great. They're bringing warm-ish traffic over to your show, but there is no warmer traffic than sitting in front of somebody else's audience as a podcast guest. And there are a few different reasons for this. First of all, as a podcaster, I'm probably biased here, but I still think that there is just something that is magnetic about being able to listen to somebody on a podcast. Of course, video marketing is also very effective, but I think it comes down to like when you're listening to a podcast, you can be anywhere. Mm. You can be in your car, you can be doing things around the house, going for a walk with your children. You know, you can really be anywhere and it's a very personal experience because you can really just bring these people as if they were talking to you on the phone like your friend while you're going and doing your daily things. So I think that whether you are a podcast host or a podcast guest, that experience is really unique. And, you know, the stats about podcasting really bear that out because people will listen longer to a podcast episode than almost, you know, any other Mm. kind of media. Mm -hmm. So you have your listeners attention for a very long period of time, longer than you get on social media or, you know, almost anything else. So there's that piece that's really valuable. And then- to speak to, you know, the question about, okay, how do we use this to grow our own shows? They're already listening to you. So first of all, we know that they enjoy listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. You're getting kind of that transfer of authority. Like they listen to this podcast regularly. They know, like, and trust the host. And then the host shows up and says, listen to this person. They Mm. have something that they're going to share with you. And it's really valuable. So right away, the audience is like, okay, well, if host thinks that this person has something important to tell me, I'm going to pay attention. And then from there, they're already listening. They're already on the podcast app. I can just say, you know, hey, if you really enjoyed what you heard today, you know, go over to my podcast and hit follow or subscribe. It's really easy. There's like the path of least resistance is there Mm -hmm. for people who are already listening to that show easier than clicking you know, off Instagram or off Facebook or wherever else onto your podcast app. They're already there. So it's partially you're getting an audience that is really inclined for a variety of reasons to listen to you and really, really pay attention to what you're saying. And then it's just that logistical piece. They are literally already there. They just have to push that button. Totally. And I think there's another piece in there as well. As
1: you know we're both podcast consumers so <laughs> yes. rather than search I'll often pick up a new show from what I'm listening to so it's like we don't need to educate people this is a podcast this is what it is this is where you right. go to get it someone that's already listening to a podcast they're generally looking for other shows most people listen to multiple shows so yes. hearing something that resonates they're like oh there's a new show for me to listen to so it makes it so much easier I find that podcasting on other people's shows is a not just really great for growth, but exactly, you know, I want to touch back on what you said about people listen to a podcast for longer. It's also a more intimate setting like when you're listening to a podcast you get to really feel like you know the person that you're listening to because you hear the inflections in their voice you know you hear their little quirks or the way they speak you hear that you know their their voice patterns you get a really good feel from listening to them what they're really like as a person and also what their knowledge base is i think that it's such a more
0: such an intimate platform to get to know people totally totally and i was thinking too like if you're the host of a podcast and you do interviews on your show you might not feel like you always get to showcase your knowledge as much because you know you're there and you're asking questions of your guests and learning from them as well and really trying to you know provide their expertise and that value to your audience but when you get to be a guest on somebody else's show maybe you are showing a different side of yourself that even your own audience doesn't mm. always see all the time on your podcast
1: Love it. Love it. Love it. Now, you do have a podcast as well. Can you please tell us about that and who your show is for?
0: Sure. So, yes, I have a podcast. It's called Profit from Podcasting. It is kind of the culmination of my experience in the podcast management and strategy world so far. And my biggest goal for the show was really to show entrepreneurs and specifically women entrepreneurs that podcasting is something that you can incorporate into your business. It doesn't have to be like something separate that you try and do as a hobby. You can really use it as a lead generation and a marketing strategy within your business, and it can be successful and effective for you. And so that was kind of what motivated me to start the show. And I do a lot of interviews with other female podcasters who have in some way profited from podcasting, because a lot of people also think that profiting from podcasting only looks like getting paid to run Mm. ads. And So I wanted to show that like, yes, that is one way to monetize, but there are so many other ways to monetize your podcast. And it could be anything from affiliate marketing to just talking about what you do on the show and making those authentic connections with people, telling them what the next step is, and then having them decide, you know, I know this person because we, like you said, we have this connection from me listening to their podcast week after week. I know that they can help me with this because they talk about it all the time. And so there's all those different pathways to making sure that not only is your podcast, you know, lead generation and marketing strategy, but also that there's like just that very direct link to bringing clients into your business, depending on what you do. And so I didn't want people to kind of feel pigeonholed into thinking like, well, if I am not making ad money off my show, then I'm not making money. and I then can't you know outsource anything that has to do with podcasting either, because then you get into the whole tailspin where people start to realize, okay, podcasting is taking way more time than I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. And I just have to stop because I can't continue. It's not bringing money into my business and it's taking too much time. So I have to stop podcasting and we lose a lot of podcasts that way. And I don't, I don't like to see that happen either.
1: No, definitely not. So of course, I recommend that you head over and listen to Profit from Podcasting. As always, we'll put the link there in the show notes over at samantharalee.global forward slash podcast. Laura, it's been fabulous to have you joining today. Thank you so much for dropping so much value and sharing so much value with us and tips around growing your podcast. It's really appreciated. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Today's episode may be over, but let's continue the conversation. Head on over to the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook and connect with other entrepreneurs who are building and scaling their business too. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.